In a dark corner of the world, three men will work together to bring you a podcast like no other. This is Fanatically Correct, where the fans, the geeks, and the nerds are always correct. With your host, MSK, Yo Peace, and Omega. Hey everyone, MSK here, and well, here's the next interview from the Sunrise City Comic Con with voice actor Aaron Dismoke. He's been in a couple of animes, including My Hero Academia, and my personal favorite, Full Metal Alchemist. So sit back, relax, and uh, check it out. Alrighty, so now, with us, let's get ready to Q&A. Over here on the stage with me, with experience within the entertainment industry of about 20 years, starting at the young age of nine. That's correct, right? Yes. Nine. Uh, a body of work spanning over 200 projects in voice acting, writing, and sound. Uh, you may have heard of them in such animes as Ruby, Eskin Flow, Fruits Basket, Microacademia. Um, over at Fanatically Correct, we mostly know him as Alphonse Eric from Film of the Alchemist. And uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, everybody, Aaron Dismuk. Let's give him a hand. Give him a, give him a cord there. Hi. You want, to move the, you want to move the seat forward a little no, bit? No, I think or, I'm all good? set now. And I, I put that water there for you, so thank you. You can uh, lubricate the throw. All yeah, right, we're gonna to get started. Uh, we'll ask him uh, some easy questions, get us started, and then whenever you feel, you can stand up. If everybody already has a good question already, you can get them to the mic. So you're the first one up. Uh, to start off, I asked about the nine years old thing because that's impressive. We actually have a uh, uh, inspiring voice actor in the crowd. Cool. Um, that story. How did you get started at nine years old? Yeah, so I'm like the worst person to ask this one because the answer is nepotism. <laughs> um, so this was like, you know, well, it was 19 years ago. And so Funimation was a very new company um, that only had a few titles to its name. And so actors weren't really like lining up to try and get work with them, um, which, uh, which meant that I had zero competition when I first started in terms of uh, other kids my age. So um, basically, they were normally using adult women uh, who were just sort of like scratching their voices up to try to sound like little boys. Um, and my cousin, Justin Cook, was directing a show called Fruits Basket. And he was like, well, what if I tried using a real uh, little boy? And I was the one uh, young boy that he knew. So he uh, he brought me in. I was also pretending to read Lord of the Rings when I was nine. So <laughs> I say pretending because I don't think much of it stuck with me. Uh, but yeah, he he brought me in because I was fairly literate. And a lot of the voice acting has to do with sight reading. Um, you know, you have to be a very strong reader to be able to see words for the first time and say them and not sound like you're just reading. Um, so I was able to do that part at least. And then, you know, as I grew up, I sort of what I lost in sounding authentically young, I gained in um, skill uh, as an actor. So, yeah, that's how I got started. Um, I will say I, I want to share some stories that are actually helpful to anyone here who wants to be an actor. Um, uh I, I know um, many actors who've gotten in through the open audition process at Funimation. So uh, Justin Briner and Sarah Wiedenheft, for example, they both um, just, they moved to Flower Mounds, Texas, or, you know, the Dallas area in Texas. And then they emailed Funimation um, at, uh, I think it's just voiceacting at Funimation.com. Um, and they said, hey, I'd like to get onto your audition list. 
and then they waited like a year and they took acting classes in the meantime and they did theater stuff. And uh, after a year, they got called in and they rocked their auditions and now they're on the roster. And, you know, obviously like the Justin Reiner story, it starts there. Um, and now he's, he's, you know, the main character in My Hero Academia. Um, so yeah, that's the route that I would suggest to y'all. There's a lot of other routes that are similar to it. Um, Zach Aguilar, he's the main character in Demon Slayer. He got his start by doing a, uh, an at a convention contest with Bang Zoom. Um, which is crazy. I could never have done that. Um, cause he, he did it like, it was like a panel thing. So he was in front of hundreds of people voice acting in this contest and he beat out every competitor. Um, so there are options like that available. Um, for the most part, uh, I do think that the key is to, uh, first learn your craft, be good so that when you get your chance, you are prepared for it. Um, and you'll know, you know, the more prepared you are and the more time you've spent researching and, and learning your craft, the less nervous you'll be when your moment comes. And I think that's important too. So yeah. at, at that young of an age, because I understand like a lot of the dub work is um, the timing also. Like I think you mm -hmm. kind of mentioned a bit. So you're actually watching, I believe, video of the previous an animation. And I guess you're trying to have to time it with the, uh, with the speaking and the movement of the mouth. Um, so I guess, because I, I know that you've also done some writing, um, is that what moved you into that direction? Like, are, like did you start actually becoming fluent uh, a little bit <laughs> uh, in the other languages or like to, 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 to try and, you know, learn the craft better as to getting better at that timing mm. of, you know, to try and line up the words or simplifying the words or accentuating the words to, you know, to, to make it line up uh, when the character is speaking? Yeah. So, all right, I'll, I'll tackle that in a couple spots. Um, first off, uh, I think the, the timing aspect is something that sort of uh, held me back at a young age. And that's kind of why Alphonse was such an ideal character for me is because he didn't have any flaps to match timing for. Um, I highly doubt they would have cast me as a similar character. In fact, the first character I auditioned for that was sort of for a bigger show was uh, the kid in Detective Conan. Um, and I was like, ooh, that would be cool. Uh, but I think they were scared of trying to have me do that many flaps. Um, and rightly so. I think I would have struggled, um, especially early on. Like the way that would have gone is like the first 20 episodes of Detective Conan would be like really hard to watch. And then after that, I might have been decent. Um, but yeah, so Alphonse was really easy um, or he was a lot easier because he didn't have flaps. Now, in terms of my writing gig making me better at timing um, and Japanese fluency, uh, no, I'm not fluent in Japanese. Um, the best thing I can do for the writing gig um, is I can use the manga as a second translation, but I'm working off um, the same translation that y'all see for subtitles, but with notes from the translator explaining stuff. Um, so there are times where the dub can give a little bit more nuance than the subtitle translation because we have more space to work with than the subtitles do. Um, subtitles are designed to be as concise as possible so that you can quickly get the information you need and then go back to the action, get the information you need, go back to the action. Um, whereas the dub is designed to take up all of the uh, pre-animated mouth movement space. So that's why, you know, you'll get those times if you're watching subtitles where, uh, you know, you see that the line is like, uh, I'll kill you, but the, the dialogue is like the equivalent of like, you know, 
I'm gonna just say gibberish. Sakushewa shibushibushibufu. Tada tadawa. Like, and that's not, I'm not trying to knock Japanese, I just don't know it. <laughs> but like, obviously what I just said there is a lot longer than what you would need to say I'll kill you. Um, yeah, and so what's really happening is the subtitle translator is like, ah, that's the gist of it. And so you're getting the gist of it. Um, and if I'm lucky, as an adaptive writer, either the manga will say more than the gist of it, or the subtitle translator will tell me what it is that they're omitting. Um, and that's when I have the opportunity to sort of give you more of the original experience than you would otherwise have access to. Uh, any uh, audience questions yet? Anyone want to come up? Um, we'll take it right in the front, and we'll, we'll come straight to you. Come on up. Say your name and uh, ask a question. Hello. Nice. <laughs> I'm Jessica. I just, sorry, once, uh, I, I just gave my little brother Portal. Oh my gosh, uh, such a good game. <laughs> I know, it's amazing. Gladys is so mean, I love oh, her. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, I'm working on starting to get into voice acting freelance. Um, so I was wondering, I've sort of set up, like, I've made a closet in my house, kind of a temporary booth. Great first step. <laughs> so um, you were talking about how you can get on waiting lists with certain groups. I know a lot of voice work is centered either in Texas or L.A. Mm -hmm. um, to get in with big names, do you need to be in those areas off the bat? Or can you start kind of like I'm doing from a distance? Um, to get in with the big studios you do want to be in the area that okay. they are. So like if you were to get onto Funimation's audition list, then what would happen is like in a year, year and a half, COVID's kind of slowed them down. Yeah. So it could be longer. They'll just randomly email you and they'll be like, can you come in to audition? Oh, okay. Um, and they want you in the studio mm -hmm. and they'll give you a little booklet. And uh, the booklet will have a bunch of characters who are just sort of archetypal that's all, that have already been recorded. And okay. you'll pick the archetype that you want to try or the archetypes you want to mm -hmm. try. And you'll read for, you know, like I could go in and if it were me, I could go in and like read for try to do my best Natsu Dragneel. Um, like that's the sort of characters mm -hmm. that they have up there. Okay. Um, and yeah, if they like it, then they'll add you to a sort of database. Um, basically, like the director who does the open auditions will sort of give all the actors who show up a report card. Mm -hmm. And then whenever directors are casting for their Walla sessions, which is background voices, right. um, they'll... Uh, they'll call you in. And so that's why it has to be in person. It's because what's going to happen is you're going to start out uh, sort of uh, doing your time in Walla. Mm -hmm. And so for maybe six months, so first you wait a year and a half, and then you'll wait six months where you're just doing Walla like once a week, if that. Um, and then you'll get your first small part. Right. And then you're on the audition list for mm -hmm. real. So that's sort of how it goes. And that process is very difficult to do from afar. Okay. The only way that you get in from afar, and luckily, this is the silver lining of COVID, is that it's made um, remote recording a little yes. bit more possible. But the it's a double-edged sword, right? Because remote recording is more possible, which means potentially the door is open to you. Mm -hmm. But that door is currently crammed with people from LA right. uh, who have established careers, resumes, um, and just uh, established skill. Um, so to compete with them from here, what I would suggest to you is to get as many indie projects under your belt as you can, mm -hmm. um, getting acting degree if you can. Um, and then that said, eventually you probably would want to move. Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. Best I appreciate of luck. that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank um, you so much. If you come by, 
if you catch me anytime, I can give you a, a Twitter handle to follow for finding open audition stuff. I'd appreciate that very much. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> uh, I'll go and say the guy's name, actually. It's Belshaber Rusafe. Um, he is an awesome resource to newer actors who are trying to get into the indie online scene. He's got like a great pulse on that scene. He knows all the people. Yeah, great guy. Come up and ask a question. Um, I would take it also like uh, what you were just saying about uh, competing with the other voice actors. Obviously, your at-home recording setup is, I would think, would be pretty impressive as well. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. High, you know, good high-tech microphones and uh, right. soundproofing walls and all that good stuff to, you know, better provide the audio that you're giving over to the industry. Yeah, so that's the other thing you're up against is like, uh, yeah, so my setup is by no means the best, but I have a whisper booth, um, which is like a... Uh, how to describe it it's like a, a mobile soundproof it's a it's a closet made of soundproofing um that i had to assemble in my house it took a while um also probably then, good to just like walk in and scream when you're really stressed out and really, yeah 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 <laughs> just get it <laughs> um yeah it's nice because i can do auditions at 2 a.m and not wake up my roommates um and then i've got a, a newman microphone neumann I forget how you say it. Anyway, you're up against people who have this. My setup is me trying to replicate the setup at Funimation, the studio I work for, as closely as possible so that directors won't worry about will Aaron sound weird next to all the other people if he records from home. Um, so yeah, you're up against that too. That said, I don't know. If you if you have good equipment and you're able to you know turn off your AC... Uh, if it's getting too loud and stuff like that, what I like to do is I'll set the AC really low and then I'll turn it off before I record. Yeah. Or that's what I liked to do before I had the whisper booth. Now that I have the whisper booth, I don't have to worry about AC, which is wonderful. I got to tell you, all it gets hot. <laughs> yeah. T- time out. I got to get a whisper booth. <laughs> I just say, if you listen to our podcast, I, I've had AC issues with our editor. Uh, yeah. I'm glad he's not on the mic with us right now because he, he'll be giving me dirty looks and saying exactly that. <laughs> I've had some AC problems myself with forgetting to turn it off. I'll put yeah. it really low, make the house lights go, and then I forget to turn it off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Sorry, the whisper I'll give you another sense. one. I record from the closet. Yeah, he actually, yeah, he goes so, in the regular closet. Yeah. So fill the clothes also helps yeah, uh, yeah. absorb some of the sound. So there's tricks, YouTube, there's a lot of life hacks uh-huh. uh, that help to get as best of a sound as possible. There, there, there's stuff you could put onto your air yeah. vent that'll muffle it sounds as well. You got options. That helps. Yeah. Okay, uh, next question. Uh, introduce yourself and ask your question. Hey, Aaron, John, we met earlier. Uh, hey, how you been? Been good. Uh, so you've voiced a lot of characters over the years, and I've noticed with some, like Tamaki from My Hero Academia or Oscar from Ruby, you can achieve such a believable sense of self-deprecation with these characters that are so hard on themselves. Is there like a, a mental attitude or something that you just get into? Man, I feel very seen. Um, yeah, that's probably the easiest thing to do for me. Um, wow. In all my acting. Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that do- that doesn't take much. The other stuff is harder. Yeah. <laughs> Any other questions? Anybody else want to come over to the mic? Raise your hand if you're shy. You can ask from the back of the room. There we go. Yeah. Oh, we got somebody. There we go. Here, come come into the mic. 
Introduce yourself, ask your question. Hi, I exist. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> sure you do. Yes, you do. No, hi. Um, it's sort of a request. Since you voiced Tamaki, do you think you can do him accepting a love request? It's for a friend, totally. Do him accepting a what? A love request. A love request. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't know if Tamaki knows this person like that. <laughs> oh, let's say His it's heart's... Mirio. <laughs> or Uh... I don't know if I can do this shipping business for you. So first of all, uh, what I will tell you is that I think Mirio is probably ace. Um, he just doesn't seem like a, I can't, I just can't picture him getting romantic with anyone. Yeah, I just feel like if anybody tried to hit on him, he would just like feng shui it into like misunderstanding it. Uh, there, Okay, I'll tell y'all. Uh, somebody, there was a fan who came up and they said, um, they, they asked, I was doing a, one of these with Rico. Uh, he's the voice actor for Mirio. And they were like, all right, Mirio, smash or pass on Tamaki. <laughs> and Rico, and you know, everybody's like, oh my gosh. And then Rico was like, well, Smash, of course, I would love to smash some villains with Tomaki. And I think that just really captures the essence of Mirio. Yeah. Thank that you. was me feng shuiing your question, yes. Very good. Thank you. Anybody yeah. else have a question? Thank you. Uh, okay, come on up. Say your name, ask a question. Hello, I'm Ryan. Um, nice I just want to know how, how how involved are like the Japanese companies in like the dubbing process? Like, they tend to be very uh, conservative and like the way they portray their characters. Mm. Yeah, it it varies tremendously. Um, I'm actually I'm working on a project right now where the licensor has to approve every single line that I adapt. Yeah. Because um, you know I'm also an adaptive writer. That's kind of my main bread and butter gig. Um, Similarly, uh, there are projects like Dr. Stone and um, Attack on Titan that I work on where uh, we have agreed with the licensor that we're going to change just as little as possible. And whenever we do make changes, we do it in order to match the manga or manga. Um, uh, on the flip side, there are shows like Kaguya-sama where the licensor wanted to approve Ironically enough, I think only my voice. Uh, <laughs> they're like, they're like, we need to hear this dismute guy. The rest are probably fine. Uh, and they were like, yeah, I guess he's deep enough. Eventually, yeah, they they approved it. Um, yeah, uh, but then after they approved my voice on it, they didn't need any approval on the final scripts. And so the scripts you'll see are pretty loose on like the Kaguya-sama dub. Yeah. Um, so it varies tremendously from licensor to licensor and show to show. Um, I think One Piece is another example where the licensor is very much like, please stick with our translation. Um, and yeah. if we hear that otherwise happens, we will be displeased and you will need to change no, it. No ghost stories, right? Yeah, there's, yeah, no more ghost stories. Well, I mean, that said, if you watch, like if you, you can look up, there are some clips uh, about the Kaguya dub on YouTube that are under titles such as Kaguya dub radiating chaotic energy. <laughs> Kaguya dub goes buck wild. <laughs> um, there, yeah, it's it's a lot. Uh, I'm trying to remember the other ones. You are not immune to Kaguya dub, but that one doesn't really explain what I was talking about. Uh, the the point there was that uh, sometimes 
like the Kaguya dub has been compared to a ghost stories dub. Like on if you look at those videos on the comments, they're like, yeah. this is the new ghost story. This is ghost stories, but way more PG appropriate. Oh man. Not <laughs> I mean, listen, we just there are some things in ghost stories that it's like if you make that joke in 2020, you're doomed. Yeah. <laughs> you're not coming back from that. Like, yeah. I mean, there are some wild jokes in in the ghost stories of I mean Yeah, it's Jam, you never will see that again. No That's like South Park humor. Yes. Yeah, no need to elaborate. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna make. I'm not gonna do the example. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we'll see where anybody wants to think of some other questions. Uh, some I like to ask a lot of, um, especially when I go to cons and I'm on that end of the room. Um, a lot of times, especially voice actors and someone who you have a lot of projects you've done. Um, is there a specific role? or genre or like type of character that you feel you have yet gotten to play that you're still like, that you're really thriving for? Um, oh gosh, uh, this isn't out yet, but I just got to do it. I'm just getting into this where um, I get to, uh, so Moriarty the Patriot is a, a show that I just, uh, well, I did it like three months ago, but um, it's, uh, he's a fancy boy. Um, I mean, he's he's ostensibly a man, but he's an anime character, so he looks like a boy to me. So I call him a fancy boy, uh, and he's also British. Um, and so uh, that's a new archetype that I'm really enjoying getting into, which is just people who sound a bit more educated, um, <laughs> and frankly, a, a bit effeminate. Um, I quite enjoy them. Uh, that's not the Moriarty voice because it would actually be British. I'm something but I'm going to save that. Do I? You say you're just doing something similar yeah, to yeah, yeah. what that is. Um, and I also did that in a show called uh, On Stars, like Ensemble Stars, which is based on a mobile game. But And the show itself is kind of a strange, it's really just like a somewhat confusing advertisement for a mobile game is what okay. that show amounts to. But um, my character in it is the student council president. And he's this sort of evil, fancy, manipulative kind of guy. And again, I really enjoy that. So, um, so almost like a, like a, a good-looking Stewie. From Family Guy, oh, no. yeah, I'm absolutely. Because you're saying like the villainous and like that's like you know like yeah, it's like that sounds exactly like a Stewie. Yeah, I've been enjoying doing handsome Stewie characters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like that a lot. Anybody else want to come up? You think we might do a an audible? Oh, okay. I want to bring up because it actually was brought up a little bit earlier. Um, your character in My Hero Academia, Tamaki Amajaki. Um, I found out today. I'm, I've been watching Fullmetal Alchemist, but I haven't gotten into my hero yet. So I found out today, Sun Eater is his, uh, his hero's name. So I do have my co-host's niece. She's actually aspiring to act as well. Um, and she actually had an audition today in Orlando. That's why she's not here, because she's going to ask you one of her questions in person. So okay. we're going to let her ask you one question cool. of uh, three ones that already got approved. Hi. Her name is Alyssa. Hi, Alyssa. Hey. Oh, this is cool. Ask your question, Allie. Um, if you could be at uh, end of the anime character that you have done, which would you be? If you could be in real, I guess in real life, any of the anime characters that you play, who would it be? Oh, that's cool. So that's that's interesting because sometimes people will ask me, I don't think I've ever been asked this because I've been asked uh, if I could live in any of the anime worlds. Which one would I pick? And I'm always like, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, best case scenario, I'm in a world without air conditioning. And worst case scenario, I'm in a world that's like collapsing around me. Um, 
which is very exciting to watch someone else go through, but no thank you for me. Um, but if I can be the character, that kind of makes up for it. Yeah, and you know, we know in My Hero Academia that everything's going to turn out okay. So I think I'll be, well, but I don't want that. Like, I've got enough anxiety as it is. I don't think I want to be Sun Eater. Ah, this is tough. Definitely not Ruby. <laughs> that kid gets punched and punched and punched. <sighs> Sinku's cool, but no air conditioning. But he's in Japan. How hot does it get in Japan? Very hot. Very hot. Ah. <laughs> You're like myself. No, I can't live without air conditioning. I can still be. Yeah, no, I'll pick Sinku. Because, uh, yeah, he's a genius. Uh, and he can reinvent air conditioning. And if he's me, then we'll get right to it. They're <laughs> uh, be like, aren't we going to get ready for the war with the Sukasa Empire? And I'm like, yeah, just one second. I just can't think in this heat. <laughs> We're going to admit free Thank you. Hey. Thank hey, you. Yeah. Thank you, dude. She actually uh, had two more, but I'll, I'll follow up with them. And one actually I like is real good. I think uh, all the My Hero fans would like, um, which is if you could have any of the quirks in My Hero Academia, which one would it be? Hmm. Hmm. Basically a superpower question. Yeah. Great. A wonderful nerd question, especially at a con. Oh, that's really interesting. Definitely one of the ones that lets you like pseudo fly. Um, Bakugos is weird though because it's sweat related I don't want to have sweaty palms <laughs> nobody talks about how how like weird it would be to like shake hands with him or like what if it's just straight up hot outside but he's not trying to fight he's just like like dripping napalm like that can't be good that's what he does in place with a toy blizzard <laughs> so uh, probably not that one when I'm asked what superpower I want, I usually pick teleportation. Um, That's a good power. Towards, towards the end of stopping villains um, in the most efficient way possible, I think I would go for Shinso's power. Um, yeah. Uh, which, for y'all that don't know, he's the guy who, uh, if he tells you, if he asks you a question and you answer it, he can make you do whatever. Um, yeah, I think that could be very, very solid for the villain fighting. Um, yeah, and I also think I could have, like, it wouldn't have been pretty, mind you, but I think I could have done better at the, uh, the big contest to get in. Uh, like, all you had to do, all he had to do was, like, ask, like, ten of the stronger heroes, hero kids who were trying to get in, uh, you know, when at the big robot competition where it's, like, however many robots you smash determines if you get in. He just needed to get, uh, like, ten kids to help him. <laughs> Be like, all right, so listen, once you get your robot, I need you to, you know, bring me a robot and then I'll punch it softly. <laughs> and then you make it fall apart. <laughs> Thanks so much. I really appreciate you. <laughs> and they're like, wait, I don't have a choice. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry that they didn't make this test better. <laughs> so, uh, you should really file a formal complaint about the unfairness of this test. It's really not working out for you. Yep. A very good power of suggestion. Uh, any more questions from the audience? Uh, yeah, come on up. Thank you for joining us. Say your name and ask your question. Hi, my name is Ariel. 
Hi. I have a sister who is here, and she's a really big My Hero fan. And uh, my question is, what is your favorite Tomaki line? My favorite Tomaki line. Okay, it's probably also, hi, sister. Um, okay, so it's probably, um, I've got a light that can swallow even the suns. That's why I'm Sun Eater. Um, I thought that it really, uh, it was one of the moments where I felt like the dub was able to surpass the subtitled version, because the subtitled version was, uh, yes, I am one who eats even the sun. I am the Sun Eater. And I thought that sounded a little goofy, especially I am the Sun Eater. <laughs> like, it's like the Spider-Man. Um, yeah, so like, I was able to establish causality and like my name is based around this idea that I can potentially be a rival to Mirio. And I felt like we captured that really well in the dub. Um, and the idea of like me having a light of my own, um, we were able to work that in even though it wasn't in the original translation. Um, and the reason that I felt that it was really justified was because right at the beginning, um, the question that I ask at the beginning of my episode is, uh, and I wonder, could I shine too? Could I ever shine as brightly as he does as I'm watching him charge ahead? Um, and so that moment in our dub, we were able to make it a culmination uh, of all the, the beats that had led up to it. And we were able to answer that question of can I shine too? Yes, because I have a light um, that can swallow the suns. Um, yeah, so that's my favorite. Also, I ended up adapting that myself as I was driving home from the first session. And I called, I called Colleen. I like pulled over on the side of the road 10 minutes after my session, called Colleen, and I was like, I've got it, I've got it. Can you write it? And she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could have texted, I guess. <laughs> I was excited. Uh, anybody else? Question, question. There we go. Come on up. Oh, sorry. It was her, and, and then you could go, hey, come first. You're next. Thank you, though. Maybe I did text. I don't want to be a. I don't want to. I don't want to lie to y'all. While you were driving? No, no, no. You pulled over. You pulled over like like a good. I pulled over, like but I might driver. have pulled over to text. Anyway, oh, okay, yeah. that makes sense. Uh, hi, my name's Dakota. We met earlier. Hello. How have you been? Good. Are you enjoying the con? Mm-hmm. Glad to hear it. Uh, my question was, who is your favorite My Hero Academia? Uh, all of them. Other than your own, because that's too easy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Shinso's pretty cool. I really, I really do like that character. He's so funny to me. Like, I love his existence because, like, it's like all of the fights that Deku struggled with. If you just swap out Deku for Shinso, they're really simple. <laughs> it's like Shinso like is fighting Overall, and he's like, "Hey, what are you doing?" And Overall's like, "I'm, I'm doing, I'm fulfilling my father's real." Oh! And then Shinzo's like, well, cut it out. And then he's like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, sit down. Yeah, and stay still. Good. All right. Think about what you've done. Think about your choices. <laughs> yeah, same with muscular. Uh, yeah. So that's why I like him. I just think his power is hilarious. Thank you. He, he tr makes every fight trivial, unless if the villain like plugs their ears and shouts, la, 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 la. <laughs> Um, Say your name, ask a question. My name is Marco. Uh, going back to the, the question about quirks, a lot of the quirks in My Hero Academia are, let's say, of questionable uh, usefulness. Mm. Some of them are quite 
yeah, like, uh, I mean, it's it's been very impressive how Uraraka manages to stay relevant. Yeah, there's some really weird powers. Which so. just, yeah, this doesn't weigh anything anymore for a while. So, um, what would you think would be the absolute worst quirk to end up with? Interesting. Um, uh, perhaps, um, <laughs> I mean, like, there's a lot of things that could be useless. Like, you could have the power to produce uniquely stinky sweat. Um, you could have the power. You could have the power to phase through spider webs. I think that one. That's an excellent power. I mean, it's it's actually because everyone becomes a kung fu master when you step through a spider web. So, <laughs> so you don't have to do that. <laughs> Just phase right through it. <laughs> As long as it's automatic, because we have to see it before you do it, then defeats. Yeah, perfect. that is a nice, moderately useful power. Like, if I, if there was a genie who was like, "So listen, I'm not the best of genies, but you know, <laughs> if you keep it small, I can, I can help you out." <laughs> then I might, I might pick phasing through spiderwebs. You're saying out of the people who we know, their yeah, powers. Okay. Um, am I just gonna keep, keep laying it on to Uraraka? I mean, she does good stuff with it, but gosh, on the surface, does it seem bad? Um. Oh, it's Tail Guy. Oshiro. Oh, what a terrible power. This is gonna get back to my. This is not the first con where I've, I, where I've, uh, yeah, thrown stones at. It's Ochiro, right? That's his name. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, what a terrible power! I have a tail, <laughs> so I can, you know, sort of like if I'm up against someone who doesn't have any powers, then I can sort of outmatch them in a fight. Maybe. I hope they don't have a gun, because if they have a gun, they're much stronger than me. His power, gun. He owns a gun. <laughs> Yeah, Gun for All is going to beat Ochiro every day, every second. Ochiro was proof that Deku could have been a hero without a quirk. Uh, anybody else? For more than Mary? Oh, wow, we got a few hands. Okay, uh, let's take you in the very back corner, and then I'll go one, two. Thank you. So, Still on it. Stupid tail. <laughs> At least tape guy can like do some mobility tricks with it. <laughs> Elbow tape, what's his name? Sarah. Sarah. Yes. Okay, Sarah, yeah. Him. Hello. Hi, name great. Question. Thank you. Yeah. I'm Claire. And I was wondering what has been your favorite role that you've gotten to voice? You gotta show them your hand. <laughs> show show them too. <laughs> That's great. My favorite character I've gotten to voice? Oh, that's so hard. Um, yeah, probably Sinku um, and Dr. Stone. He just he gets to do so many crazy things. What I really love about Sinku, A, I love doing something very different from myself. And his, uh, his like raw like confidence is really fun to portray. And then the other thing is, there's something that I really like about him that I deeply relate to, which is um, that sort of uh, comedic sadism that he has for his friends. 
So like if my friend is suffering, um, you know, in a moderate way, then I really enjoy cackling at them. Um, and Sinku and I are similar in that way. Um, so it's like, uh, are you getting, uh, for example, yeah, I, uh, my, my girlfriend, she, um, she's a mosquito magnet. <laughs> and so if we're out like having a picnic or going through the woods and she's like, Oh my gosh, there's so many mosquitoes. I'm like, yeah, thanks for keeping them off me. Yep. <laughs> Appreciate it. And that's like, Sinku, Sinku's energy to the T. So yeah, that's why. Thank you. Did you, bring, did you bring your girlfriend down here for this trip to help you from the Miami mosquitoes? Nope. Borrowed mosquitoes. Oh, I should have. They're, they're getting you. You got to get that. I wasn't right thinking. <laughs> that's a quirk. No, no mosquito. Mosquito repellent. Mm. <laughs> okay. Um, and then you get yeah, yeah, Pikachu. Sorry. <laughs> Name and question. Uh, my name is Leticia, and my you said before that a quirk you would have would like to have is teleportation. If you could teleport, like the first place you could teleport, where would it be? Like anywhere? Uh, just gut reaction, like where I go right now is uh, top of uh, pyramids of Giza. You almost said Taco Bell. <laughs> top, top of Top of I was like, yeah, I'm like Are Taco Bell Then I the pyramids like, I know we got a, I think we got a, top food, a food truck for you So I that. think you're like Most of us Where you'd get food And then go somewhere nice <laughs> Yeah You yeah, okay. say top, top of yeah, So top, I teleport top to Taco Bell I take the food Right out of somebody's Waiting hands And then I'm, I'm On top of Giza Eating a taco I like you threw that in there Not like ordered it in the kid, like Out of someone's hands like Specifically So you get the bonus Of also I, denying yeah, Someone them, their food You also I, get the I bonus Of keeping down. your money You are a villain <laughs> that, that, that's mean you just took someone's food I, I'll give the money I'll you go to the top of the pyramid so you're basically paying for someone else's food but that you skipped you the line and got to the top of the pyramids alright I'll pay them a little extra <laughs> convenience fee but listen this is very exciting I'll make it up I'll, I'll win on the karmic scale because then I'll go and I'll um, what can I do with teleportation that's righteous <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> yeah. How keep, are you gonna save a puppy? Keep it nice. Then I'll go to the pound. <laughs> Just and I'll teleport one. all the puppies out, take and they'll be free. <laughs> take them all out before day of. Uh. <laughs> that wouldn't be helpful at all. <laughs> so top of pyramids. That sounds excellent. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm from the back. Uh. There you go. Name and question. Hi, I'm Giovanna. Hello. We met. We did. Very good. Um, you said that um, having an acting degree was important, and you um, also mentioned theater. I'm a theater kid. Nice. I've been doing theater about five years. I wanted to know if you had any performance, not like behind the screen, yeah. but on stage experience. Yeah, so um, I do. I do not have an acting degree, I should say. Um and but yeah so it's not necessarily that it's it's not essential that you have an acting degree obviously um but it can be a big advantage especially um if you're cold um if you're like cold auditioning for a big studio um or if you're more importantly it's it's very useful for getting an agent mm -hmm. um and at some places like for example your best bet with getting to audition for bang zoom in la you know, they do like the Demon Slayer dub, Mob Psycho dub, stuff like that. Your best bet for that is to get in with Atlas Talent, um, the biggest agency for voice actors out there. Okay. And to get in with Atlas Talent, 
you probably like an acting degree degree would be really helpful short of an acting degree you want a very long resume okay. uh showing that you've done work like what they're they would be giving you auditions for um yeah uh i was just gonna say something oh right my theater experience okay so i did theater towards the end of high school um and then uh in college i auditions uh, my freshman year for their plays. And I was going to be, I wanted to be a theater major, but I sort of was like trying to figure out if I was going to be good enough. I didn't, I didn't know if I was going to be able to do voice acting and like live at it. Um, and I still don't live at voice acting. I live at adaptive writing and voice acting. Um, but uh, I was kind of trying to figure out if I was going to be good enough. And so I told myself like, all right, if I get into some plays, then I'll do it. And if I don't, then I won't. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, it turned out that uh, they were like, I did the audition and they're like, all right, well, you know, uh, we're going to do callbacks. So uh, we might see you, we might not. Um, and they took down all my information, including my phone number. And so I thought that they would call me back. And um, they never did? They did not call. They posted a, a list of names in the department and I did not know to look oh. for it because I they took my number down. So yeah. I thought they'd call. Yeah. Anyway, they did not call. So callbacks, a little bit misleading. <laughs> it's more like postbacks. information. Check for our list backs. Uh, you come back and check the post. <laughs> so anyway, once that happened, I was kind of screwed. And so I wasn't able to justify being a theater major. Mm -hmm. And because I wasn't a theater major, I wasn't able to keep auditioning for the stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, that's why I didn't do much theater in college. But I ended up doing community theater in college. Um, so I did stuff with, uh, mostly with a little group called Sundown Theater. Mm -hmm. Yes, Sundown. That's confusing because I have another friend who's part of the Sunrise Group. <laughs> what is this con called? City of Sunrise. So the oh Sunrise Comic Con. So How the Sunrise is in your. Uh, There's <laughs> a lot of sun-related stuff happening in my life right now. <laughs> it's a lot. Um, but yeah, I've done I've done several plays now. The last play that I did was uh, the Pillow Man. Um, which is by the guy who wrote uh, Seven Psychopaths. I forget what his name is. I don't know. Martin McDonough, I think. He's like an Irish writer. It was it was very fun, though. Um, yeah, and theater has been very helpful for me because mostly because it is always going to be more anxious to perform in front of a live oh, yeah. audience mm -hmm. than to perform in front of one or two people. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, Succeeding in a theater environment really set me up to feel like I was equipped to handle auditioning for new people. So basically, I'm not as scared whenever I'm auditioning in front of two people because I've performed in front of you know fifty. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and I've never I've never done theater for more than the crowd of like fifty people. Um, so yeah, it's not like it has to be like super huge theater either. Mm -hmm. It's more about just. Finding a community yeah. jive with yeah. and getting the experience. Uh, yeah, getting the experience. Well, we could take. Uh, thank you so thank much. You. Uh, thank one you. One more question, and we're going to start wrapping up. So, since we haven't had from, uh, we'll do two more. Um, her in the back, and then we'll come to you. Oh, no, not behind you. Sorry. <laughs> there you go. Hello. Hi. Okay, we also met earlier. Hey. Yes. So my name is Cindy, and my question for you is: Well, I have two. Is that okay? What's your favorite color? <laughs> red Same. right now it changes nice yeah. <laughs> and what's your favorite villain in my hero academia mm. 
The favorites questions are always so hard. Yeah. <laughs> huh? It's been a minute. Yeah, no kidding. It's been a minute, and I feel like I might be missing one. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> We're getting a Yoda impression. Um, I think <laughs> I think Dobby's really interesting. I'll go with that. Um, uh, this is a little bit. No, no, no. I have to say it. No, my favorite villain is Endeavor. <laughs> but he's a villain. But he's my favorite of the villains because he's interesting and confusing. Um, and I think that reflects real people who do bad things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Last question. And he will be at his table. You're staying till what time uh, today? You'll be at your table today till what time? To the end of the con, six. Oh yeah, uh, I'll be I'll be around the con until yeah. six, oh, um, and I'm right. definitely doing another free oh. signing right some like thirty minutes after this, I think, oh, okay, or perfect. maybe right after this. I don't know. No, so, your hander will from three to four. I'll be doing another signing. Oh, there we go. But I think I've seen most of y'all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and name a question. Hi, I'm Maya, and I wanted to know which character have you voiced. That is the most difficult, whether that's like personality, voice inflection, accent. Which one was like the hardest for you to do? Uh, probably, <clears throat> probably uh, Shirogane and Kaguya-sama Love is War. Um, he's a, uh, the Japanese actor has a very deep register. And I think it's important to keep that because masculinity is like this important thing to him. Um, and I don't know if you can tell, but masculinity is less important to me. <laughs> And thank goodness, because if it was important to me, I would be very unhappy with myself. Um, yeah. So trying to trying to get into that mindset. And then the other thing about him is that he's sort of like he like he he alternates between being like Lelouch or like uh, light from Death Note from being in that mindset to being like straight up like like sort of a. a white picket fence guy who's meticulously mowing his lawn. <laughs> like like a Dave Chappelle's rendition of a white guy. Uh, he really, he alternates between those two extremes uh, and does all of it at a deeper register than I'm used to doing. So that's why he's been the hardest. And also he freaks out about weird stuff. Like, like, like the most upset that he's ever been is when, uh, Kaguya uh, blushed while saying that she liked the thing that they were doing a 20 questions thing about um, because he started to think it might be him. And it's like almost having what you want is more upsetting than not having it in a way. Like the stress of it, just he was dying inside. Um, so yeah, uh, those emotional extremes also make him difficult. Thank you mm -hmm. so much. That's a great question. Well, Aaron, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. All right, guys, listen, I don't like doing this part. This is usually Yopis' uh, shtick, right? The word shtick is funny. Anyways, this is usually uh, Yopis' thing, and, well, here we go. So, if you want to contact us, you can email us at contactfanaticallycorrect. That's not our email. Contactfancore at gmail.com um, what else you can contact you can find us at uh, Instagram at fancorrect at Twitter at fancorrect what else um, Linktree see I'm, I'm texting these guys they send me the information and he look Omega just said seriously didn't you set it up yes I did 
I just don't have it with me while I'm recording. So, um, our link tree is... Hold on, I'm going to insert here from last episode. Basically, just go to our link tree, man. You go to our link tree, everything's there. All the links are there. L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash fan correct. There you'll have all the links to our, uh, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and please review us on Apple Podcasts. That would be a huge help. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, we got it all. And that's it. Oh, and if you also want to give us a call at 786-704-8404, then you could do that as well. And uh, yeah, that's the power of editing. See, I could just do whatever I want, and it seems pretty seamless. Um, So yeah, that's it, guys. Uh, Thank you for listening, and yeah, we'll catch you on the next one. Hopefully, it will be soon. So this is MSK. Peace out. This is Omega saying peace. Yo, peace. Peters. Wait, what just happened? What just happened here? you have it, folks. This has been Fanatically Correct. Until next time, you crazy kids. Signing off.